Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful September 22nd morning here in the city. Episode 87 is about to kick off. We are diving into some week three matchups, all the matchups that have home teams or AFC teams as the home team in the games we are previewing today. Uh, we've also got, of course, the morning headlines, an injury report, and a little surprise at the end of the show that we're going to do uh, just for this Thursday night football game. It's going to be a good time. Um, you know, Aaron, I got to be honest with you, buddy, here. I don't know if I can – I don't know if it makes sense anymore for me to intro the show and introduce you as my best friend anymore. Like, it's obvious Excuse that you are my me? best friend. It's obvious that you're my best friend, and it's still like that. That stays true, but no one else is here. So, like, it's the, like oh, the, the fans are here, the viewers are here. Everybody wants to know. Okay, that I'm your best friend. What okay. you, don't don't try to. What, 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 okay. what the hell's wrong? Hey, with you? hey, I just wanted I just wanted to make sure that we that that it still it still was needed, and it clearly is. So I just we needed to get that out of the way. Um, you know, I, don't, I actually I don't have. There's only like one morning headline today. So oh, instead, yeah? instead of me doing morning headlines, I'm going to pivot here and ask you a quick question of the day. While I ask this question, pull up the standings. And uh, I, there's a lot of teams we talked about yesterday during our power ranking show. And if you missed the show yesterday, you could always uh, you can always check it out on YouTube at Sac City Pod. Um, but there's a lot of teams that are good teams, playoff teams from last year that are struggling this year. Which team do you think is most likely to miss the playoffs out of the teams that made the playoffs last year. Is this a trick question? It's not, it's not, it's an honest question. I just, I just it's thought not about even it. I was like, close. It's not even close. It's the Tennessee Titans. It's not even okay. close. Um, and, and you know what? It's crazy because I could easily say the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you know what? Through two weeks, I've seen a little bit more out of Pittsburgh than I have out of Tennessee. At least the defense comes to play and um, two close games, but it's definitely the Tennessee Titans. These guys just, Offensively, they don't have the firepower. Um, defensively, they're 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 sound, but they're just not special. Um, 
and and yeah, and, and it's time. Matter of fact, it's time for Malik Willis. And I said this before, it's time to start looking towards the future for Tennessee. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is obviously not the guy that's going to take you over the hump, um, which again, number one seed in the AFC, great. You can get so far. It's almost that Jimmy Garoppolo conversation where it's cool. We got Jimmy G. We know we're going to win games. We know we're going to contend a little bit, but when it really comes down to it and we're asking our quarterback to go win us the Super Bowl, bring us home a championship, uh, they can't get the job done. And we've seen the Rams get rid of Jared Goff, who took him to a Super Bowl. We've seen the Niners really move on from Jimmy G, who took him to a Super Bowl. And when you recognize that they can't get the job done, it's time to move on. And, and Ryan Tannehill, it's time to move on. Bring in Malik Willis. See, I'm not I'm not so sure this is an easy answer with Tennessee. Like, obviously, out of all the playoff teams last year, this year, the Tennessee Titans are the worst of them. Like, there's no doubt about that. But they're in the AFC South, a wide open AFC South. Now that the Colts are not playing up to their standards, the Jaguars are surprising people. They're contending for the, the number one spot in the AFC South. But it might be it might be similar to what was it like? I don't remember how long ago it was. Can't win a division like, with six wins. But but you can win a division with you can win a division slightly under five hundred. It's happened before. Yeah, but so, you can't so, win with six wins. But what I'm saying, hey, hey, I'm just happy you're on that train now. But either way, like what I'm saying, though, is I don't think it's as easy as saying that just because of how wide open the AFC South is. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the Cincinnati Bengals. So who Bengals. would you say? I, maybe I think it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Just because of how the – I don't think their division is, is as wide open. I think the Baltimore Ravens are clearly the best team in that division. Um, and I just, I, I think that the Bengals, the, with the way they are right now, and I'm not saying that they're a bad team. I'm just saying with the way things are set can up, they get the way, to nine and eight? I think that they can get to nine and, eight, nine and eight. And I told you during, during our preview shows, I don't think nine and eight gets you into the playoffs in the AFC. That's why. Yeah. Well that, I think that's wrong. I, I honestly, like we all thought that, but look at the AFC West. Come on. Denver's not winning 11 games. The Raiders are winning 11 games. That's fair. The Chargers might not win 11 games the way things are that's going fair. right now. That's fair. No, I just wanted to wanted to get that thought out out there and see which teams you uh, thought. And Tennessee is a good answer. I, I I agree. I agree. That's they're the worst of the teams that made the playoffs last year. Are you are you taking my place as the Bengals hater? Because you've been really hard on the Bengals this past couple couple of weeks, man. I don't the power rankings. You're, you're I'm arguing for them while you're arguing against them. I, I think I, Bengals I, fans I, are going to hate I, you more honestly, than me now. Honestly, I'm hurt by the Bengals because I was very high on them in the offseason. I was very excited about their offseason moves, how this offensive line was new and improved. And like they uh, they uh, noticed the, the the problems with this team and they made the adjustments and they did what they had to do. And then they do this to me. And I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> but there's a lot of football left. Like you said in the power ranking show, you trust like if the defense is not playing that bad. It's the offense that's struggling and you trust that offense to get to get it together so uh it's not that i i think that they are that bad i do still think that they're borderline a top 12 team in the league um i just with the way the afc north is and the way the afc south is i almost find it harder for the Bengals to make the playoffs just because i don't think that they're going to win the division um but that was our quick question of the day uh before we get into our injury report i want to remind everybody that you can follow us on social media at the sack city pod on facebook Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Tickety Talk. Uh, be sure to share, share, share. Tell your friends. Um, we've got everything bumping over there. Bailey's been running our Twitter, doing a good job doing that kind of stuff. We're 
getting more active again on our social media platform. So be sure to check us out on all of those platforms at Sac City Pod. Subscribe, like, share, comment, do all that good stuff. Let's get into the injury report. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. All right, let's get into the injury report. Start on Thursday night football. Miles Garrett is in tonight against the Steelers. So obviously that's big for them, their best pass rusher. Clowney on the other side of that is out with an ankle injury. So one and a half of the bookends um, is out, but the main one, Miles Garrett, is in. So he will play. Justin Herbert considered day-to-day after suffering the rib injury last week. We saw it was a scary side. You never know what, what happens there. Broken bones, punctured lung. Anything could happen when you talk about ribs. Um Herbert's throwing and looked like his normal self, but you have to know that there's some kind of lingering effects there. Um, I doubt he'll be a hundred percent, even if he goes this week. So they're going to want to be cautious with him. I'm sure he'll wear some protective gear if he plays and they'll be trying to protect him and get rid of the ball, uh, get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly and run the football against Jacksonville, whose defense has played really well. Uh, Patriots, Jacoby Myers mispracticed yesterday to get his knee checked out. And tests show nothing significant, and they will determine the status later this week. They can't be good, especially when I told you to go pick him up on the waiver wire. For fantasy football, um, you got to be a little bit concerned there. He's been one of their more productive wide receivers over the past couple of seasons. Lamar Jackson was limited in Wednesday's practice. He had was seen with a sleeve on his right arm. Um, looks like it's an elbow injury. It's his throwing arm, so you obviously got to have a little bit of concern, but I don't think there's anything long-term. They said he's going to play on Sunday, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, the Bills injury report has some good news. Gabe Davis and Ed Oliver return to practice. Um, I think there was a chance Gabe Davis was going to play on Monday. Uh, they just decided to, to sit him out. So there's a chance he'll get back on the field this week, which will be, you know, even more potent for the Bills offense. Uh, Dawson Knox did not practice and he has a hand. He has a foot injury. Uh, we saw him on Monday night, um, getting looked at, did return a little bit, but obviously after a couple of days, um, kind of sitting there, kind of swells up, things happen, and, and now he's missing practice. So, And then Roquan Smith did not practice due to a hip injury. Uh, for the Bears, that's big. That's their best defensive player. So uh, they need to see if they can get him back on the field for a game that they have a chance to win on Sunday. It's Houston. Uh, we'll see who's the battle of the worst, uh, some of the worst teams in the league. And then some other notable players that did not practice, uh, Brevin Jordan of the Texans, uh, Corey Lindsley with the Chargers, uh, was a big loss. He had a knee injury. He did not practice. Uh, Donovan Smith still out with that elbow injury for Tampa Bay. Uh, Frank Ragnow, offensive lineman for the for the Lions. Lyle Collins for the Bengals. Quandre Diggs, uh, Seattle safety, also did not practice. He has a knee injury. Uh, I think the most notable one there for me would be Lyle Collins as the back injury. We already talked about a Cincinnati Bengals defense that's or, or offensive line that's allowed defense. Defenses to get it, and now you have Lyle Collins um, out with that back injury. That could be a, a lingering problem as well. Uh, James Conner did not practice with the ankle injury, and we talked about this. These did not practice on Wednesdays, um, having guys rest, just guys that are banged up. Wednesday seems to be the day where everybody doesn't practice. So uh, James Conner was out, and so was David Bakhtiari. I do expect some of those guys to play. Um, James Conner's injury was not considered serious, but maybe they give him an extra week. Obviously, David Bakhtiari, uh, big for Aaron Rodgers in that offensive um, line here in Green Bay. So uh, a lot of injuries on Wednesday, Thursday. 
Um, we should see some of these guys get back in practice today and tomorrow, and then we'll get a final quote, final injury report before the Sunday's inactives actives uh, tomorrow. That was uh, that was good. Very, very impressive of you for that injury report. I'm going to bring it up, although you did not bring it up because you are a professional and that's what you do in the injury reports. Um, but as Aaron was doing that injury report, I was just filling out the long list of did not practice. And I don't even think I got all of them. I'm pretty sure there's other players that did not practice that I did not list. Um, but as Aaron was reading that, I was literally filling in names and he was just reading them off one by one. And that's just the constant professional. And that's how great this guy is at doing the injury report. Um, but yeah, that that's the injury report from Wednesday. Like you said, Aaron, it's the day that everyone comes out as a do not practice. And then we start to figure out more and more as the week progresses, if whether or not these guys are going to be playing on Sunday and Monday and Thursday. Um, but where else would you rather be than here at the Sac City Podcast? Here, your injury reports. We will keep you updated as we discover things. Let's get into our week three game previews. If you missed our Thursday night preview, it is available on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. It's the Steelers and the Browns. We give our full predictions and we dive into all the details of the game. We start things off this morning with the Las Vegas Raiders heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The Raiders are two point favorites with an over under of 45 and a half points in this game. The Titans have not looked. These are two teams that have would be on our list of teams that have underperformed uh, this season. Both teams 0-2 entering this game. Last week, the Raiders blew a 23-7 lead over the Arizona Cardinals, and the Tennessee Titans absolutely got massacred by the best team in football in the Buffalo Bills. Let's start with the Raiders, Aaron. What do you think the key is for the Raiders to getting their first win this week? Um, I think it's the offensive line and I, I say the offensive line because they need to get that running game going. I, you know how much I love Josh Jacobs and this isn't really just about Josh Jacobs. It's just about being able to run the football, which is what I think originally I thought Josh McDaniels and this offense wanted to do, but their offensive line has struggled. You talked about the trade um, in the off season of a, of a bust of a first round pick. And then just yesterday you saw, or was it yesterday? I believe it was yesterday. Just yesterday you saw them trade for an offensive lineman, which again, from new England, Justin Heron, who has ties to, to McDaniels in that front office. I think they're trying, they recognize that they're trying to build that offensive line and continue to get better. Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels has not really had an efficient run game um, with the Raiders so far throughout the first two games. And I think that's the key because Devonte Adams is going to be Devonte Adams when they throw the football. Darren Waller's dynamic. Hunter Renfro is one of the best slot receivers in football. Uh, Derek Carr has shown he can kind of lead the ship and do what he does when he, when put in the right situations. But if you can't run the football, you're going to struggle. And I think um, it's really about being in the trenches on the defensive side of the football. They're, they're sound. They've been sound all year outside of, you know, eight minutes in that Cardinals game. But a lot of that was led to a Raiders offense that couldn't add any more points on the scoreboard. They couldn't continue to sustain drives late in the game to put that game away. And that unfortunately cost uh, the Raiders a win. And now you're 0-2 and you're looking at all these great teams in the AFC, like you mentioned something has to change. And right now for me, it's the, it's the offensive line. I think that's exactly where I'm looking at to, to see some improvement. It, it's funny. Before we did this, I thought that the easy answer here was to get Devonte Adams involved. Like I thought that was the route it would be easy to take because he's the best 
<clears throat> excuse me, he's the best player on the field uh, for the Raiders, on, especially on that offense. But we talked about it during the preseason. We loved how the Raiders were running the ball in the preseason. Josh McDaniels really made it a point to get that rushing attack involved. And then the season started and it was non-existent in the Chargers game. And we said that that was one of the reasons why they lost. And then it was non-existent again uh, last week against the Arizona Cardinals. So it's it's funny that we did not bring up just the fact that Devontae, Ad- Devontae Adams last week was just not good. Like not, not that Devontae Adams was just not good. He was not involved. He snapped the his 65 game streak of three receptions or more in a game. It was, I mean, this is just something that we talk about all the time with like you have to like you have to put the ball in your best player's hands. Devontae Adams is one of those players, but Josh Jacobs is the other player that's on that offense that's the best on that offense. And you do have to get him involved on the Tennessee Titans side of things. They've been bad. They've been very bad. Let's talk some positives about Tennessee Titans. There isn't any, but we can try and discuss where the Titans need to go to improve and to fix things. So Aaron, let's, let's, let's put, let's play Dr. Phil here. Let's identify our problems and let's uh, uh, assess it. And talk about how we can fix it. So, what's the problem in Tennessee, and how do they fix it? Well, there's, there's a few. There's a few problems. Number one is their offense is predicated on Derrick Henry. So, if Derrick Henry is not efficient, if Derrick Henry is not running the football the way he should be running the football, then it creates more problems because you have to put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's um, hands more, and you're asking him to do different things. It's not play action. It's drop back five, three, five step drops, and just read a defense. And unfortunately, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been very good at that. He's turning the football over, which I'm sorry, Tennessee Titans, their offense can't afford turnovers. They have to be efficient on offense, handing the ball off, getting chunk plays in the running game, and then forcing linebackers and safeties to creep towards the line of scrimmage to stop Derrick Henry, which creates those big play opportunities on the outside. And when you don't have an A.J. Brown and you can't just say, you know what, I have a guy that's bigger, more physical, and more experienced than you, I'm going to throw it up to him to go make a play. When you don't have that, you don't have any bailouts. Traylon Burks is not ready for that yet. Robert Woods is more of this slot in between work the middle of the field kind of guy. Uh, You got Nick Westbrook, Akina. You got uh, guys that we've never heard of on the outside. Kyle Phillips is a rookie. Uh, Cody Hollister. Those are the only – listen, Tennessee has five wide receivers on their roster. Five. Their best wide receiver, you could argue, is Robert Woods as a veteran. Like – I'm sorry, that's not going to get it done. He's coming off an ACL injury. They don't have the weapons on the outside. And unfortunately, you need that running game to be efficient, to create mismatches on the defense, to get those guys sucked up on Derrick Henry and worried about him going for 200 so you can hit him over the top on play action. And right now they don't have it. They're forcing Tannehill to drop back and just beat him with his arm. And we all know Tannehill can't do that. Nope. Nope. And I don't think it happens uh, on Sunday. The Titans go to 0-3. I think the Raiders get their first win. Uh, give me the Raiders here, 28-17, to 17, Raiders. Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm going Raiders as well. I don't think they're going to be able to score as much. I do think Tennessee's tight. Titans defense is good, but I do think Devontae Adams gets back on track. I'm going to take the Raiders, 24, Titans, 16. AJ has the Raiders here as well, 27-23. And Dylan has the Raiders as well. 
with no score that lazy with no athlete. score that yeah jabroni yeah yeah there it is uh next game on our list it's the kansas city chiefs traveling to indianapolis to take on the colts the chiefs at 2-0 and and arguably one of the best teams in the nfl going to indianapolis to take on the 0-1 and 1 colts the chiefs are six and a half point favorites in this game with an over under of 49 and a half points the chiefs have been looking exactly like we thought they would um, being one of the best teams in football. They're actually allowing a league low one sack. They've only, they've only allowed one sack for Patrick Mahomes uh, this season. And that is, that's a recipe for disaster for other teams. If you're only sacking him one time or no times at all, like that's bad. You have to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They have been able to protect him. And he's also been able to get away uh, from from the pressure because he's also the sixth most pressured quarterback this season. So it's not like teams are not trying to pressure him. It's just, he's able to make plays. It's truly special. We talk about this chiefs team being on another level this year. Aaron, do you think this team is better than last year? I know it's early, but do you think that maybe, maybe not through two games, maybe two games is not enough tape to tell if they're better than last year. But do you think when the season's over, this team's going to be better than what they were last year. I mean, eight, eight Chiefs caught passes last week. That's the most in a, a Patrick Mahomes game, tied for the most in the Patrick Mahomes game. He's getting everyone involved. Everything's looking good. I'm not going to say better. I'm going to say different, and they understand who they are. And I think that's the difference, right? I think last year, early in the season, Patrick Mahomes, and then we're trying to figure out how to combat the way teams were playing defenses on him, like sitting back too high, not letting Tyreek Hill get over the top. And that was the change for the Chiefs. So I don't necessarily say the Chiefs are, are better this year, but I think they understand what they are. And I think Patrick Mahomes, it's just another sign of his growth that he's like, okay, so what if I can't throw a 50-yard touchdown every time? I will dink, I will dunk, I will give you 12-yard digs, I will go in, I will go out, and I will make it so you get so frustrated defensively that you have no choice but to come up and then I will beat you over the top. Last year, early in the season, we saw him forcing it, not wanting to settle. And I think that took some time for them to learn. So I think they're different, but I think they are, they know they are the Kansas city chiefs. They know who they are. They're completely sold on it. And they just say, you know what, we're going to be who we are and we're going to beat you that way. So I I don't think it's better. I think it's different Um, because what is better? They went to the AFC championship game. Like, so one more game is the Super Bowl. I have them in the Super Bowl this year. Um, but if they go to the championship game again and lose, like it's it's hard to say better than last year, but I do think they are they understand who they are. And like you said, they're one of the best teams in football. They're right on par with what they were last year. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's hard for uh, so, someone that's be- the best of the best to even get better than what best of the best is. And that's kind of what, I mean, that's what the chiefs are right now is they are one of the best of the best. And it's, it's hard to argue. Well-oiled machine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They're a cheat code on the other side. It's the Indianapolis Colts and they are Oh, one and one after dropping their first game against their, after dropping last week's game and being shut out to the Jacksonville Jaguars and tying the Houston Texans. What is wrong with the Colts offense or what's what's wrong with the Colts as a whole? Maybe not just the offense, but as a whole, as a team, what is wrong with the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to look at, at things like the turnovers. Um, you never, you never really know. I don't want to say you don't know them to be a turnover team, but 
for a team that's built on the run game, turnovers usually are something that's in your favor. You run the football, you're safe with the football in the passing game, and the Colts haven't been. They're, they're offensively, they're not very efficient, and so they're forced to do things they don't want to do. And in that sense, they have to start throwing the football. So then they put their defense back on the field and teams are able to hold the ball from them. And when you're a team that doesn't have those explosive weapons on the outside and the ball is being taken away from you and held from you, you are forced to try things that you're not used to trying. You can't just turn around and hand it to Jonathan Taylor, who you're used to giving the ball to 25 times a game. So they're not controlling the the tempo of the game. They're the ones that are trying to play catch up all the time. And then you get Matt Ryan, who's a little bit older, trying to throw to guys named Paris Campbell and Ashton Doolin and Desmond Patton, guys that would be on, let's be honest, practice squads, fourth and fifth receivers on teams are these guys are the, are the ones that they're leaning on. And it's causing things like this miscommunications, turnovers, and that's not what the Colts want to be built on there. Their foundation is turning the ball, turning around and handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. And they haven't been able to do that. Um, they are built very similarly to the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you can not comparing Dak Prescott's rookie year to Matt Ryan, but where it was run, 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 play action, big play score. And, and Dallas was super efficient, 13 and And three and they Jonathan Taylor, a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over in most circumstances. And yet this year they are turning it over. But before I, I want to say something about the Colts in this game, I didn't realize this. I didn't know their first two games were on the road. I did thought I thought that first game was at home. I'm not giving them a pass, but they did have two division games on the road. I expect them to play much better this week. And I and first home opener. These are the types of games where if the Chiefs went in here and lost, I would not like, be, I, oh my, I would not be shocked. I don't disagree with you. I, I think out of all the teams that are winless right now, I think the Colts, I, I would, I would say the Colts have my confidence of being able to turn it around. Not just, not because we've seen it before, not because we've, we, we have history of this, but I think this is a team that had a lot of changes in the off season last week. They had, they were banged up. They did not have their number one wide receiver. They were throwing to guys that don't even belong on uh, other roster. Like it's it, like they, no they Shaquille were Leonard. no, no, no Shaquille Leonard, no Michael Pittman. It's they're a little beaten up and that's no excuse. They, they should not have got, been shut out to the Jacksonville Jaguars and they should have not, they should not have been beaten a tie. They should not have tied the Houston Texans but they have my confidence in the fact that I do think that they can turn it around. I think that they can figure it out. Matt Ryan gets them going. And that's why I've not really been on the hype train of, Oh, the Jags are in first place. I do think the Colts end up figuring out and are still the cream of the crop uh, in this division. As for this game, who do you have winning? Um, fun fact here. I thought maybe your research notes had this. Uh, the Colts were 0 three last year. Um, remember, they started 0-3 last year, got themselves back in it for an opportunity to make the playoffs before Carson Wentz um, did his thing. I think I think they're 0-3 this year, um, despite I think this game is closer than what people are going to think because they're 0-2. Uh, I, I still think Kansas City is too good of a football team. I think they'll get uh, I think they'll get the win here of Kansas City winning 31 to 23, 31, 24, 24. <laughs> I will say Chiefs here, 35 to 24 Chiefs. AJ has the Chiefs as well. Oh, damn it. I have the Chiefs 37 to 23. 
AJ oh, has 35-24. You guys can't have the same score? No, I don't like it. Well, Dylan Dylan also has the Chiefs, and he has it 0-0. Uh, zero zero. It's a tie game. I like it. I like the <laughs> tie he, game. But he, de- he does have the Chiefs. That's good. That's good to know. Next game on our list is the Buffalo Bills traveling to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. Both teams 2-0, and both teams undefeated. Both teams looking great through two weeks. Uh, the Bills have won seven straight against the Miami Dolphins, though. Josh Allen in those games, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions during that streak. Uh, the Dolphins, on the other hand, this season, this isn't the same Dolphins team as what, what Josh Allen has seen before. Like, not just, not the D, I shouldn't say Josh Allen has seen before, but the Buffalo Bills as a whole has never seen this type of team before from Miami. Is this the game of the week, Aaron? Is this is this it? Oh man, this is the Miami. Miami was the game of the week last week with Baltimore, and it has to be the game of the week this week as far as anticipation and what we're looking forward to seeing on the football field. Again, two explosive offenses. Uh, the Bills do it in a different way. It's dynamic play from the quarterback position, and then you have like Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. It's not the same as like Lamar Jackson dynamic, but it's it's Josh Allen running around playing that backyard football that he's so good at. And then on the Miami Dolphins side, it's Tyree Kill, it's Jalen Waddell, it's Edmonds and Mostert and Cedric, it's all this speed on the field and you just can't cover it. So, um, yes, I'm excited for this one. This is the one of the games that I've been looking forward to. Uh, I didn't know whether to use the, the Tua background or the, or the, the Bills background. Um, I went with the Bills because they are the best team in football. They are the number one in my power rankings, um, despite what happens. But I do think there is a chance that the Miami Dolphins can go and can go and get this win. And it, it, a number of reasons. They're at home. It's a division game. Uh, they're riding high after last week and they, they're confident. Their head coach trusts them. They never got down. So this game, it could be Bills early 20 to 7 or something. And, um, and, and I wouldn't be like, OK, it's over. Like I, I now trust Miami to be able to make a comeback. And I don't know if we looked at a Miami Dolphins team in the past and said, oh, they can come back from 21 points. But when you got Tyreek Hill and you got Jalen Waddle and you got that offensive mind in Mike McDaniels, I think that's something now that um, that's encouraging going forward. So uh, it's going to be fun. I, I I can't wait to just sit down and actually watch this game because one of two things is going to happen. It's going to be a close game, a really good football game, and we are going to look at the Dolphins and say they're for real, no matter what the outcome is. Or the Bills go in there and destroy them, and we're going to say, yeah, nobody's stopping the Bills. Like that's yeah. that's what it's gonna. That's what, one of those two things is going to happen in this game. Yeah, I I think that this is. That I think you're completely right. There's those are the the only two outcomes in this game. I don't see the blow. Like the other only other outcome that could actually happen is the Bills getting blown out. But I don't think that could. I, yeah, like, I that's not that a, that's not a thing. <laughs> um, what let's let's dive deeper into this game then. Let's talk a little bit more about this game. Both sides of the ball. What are the X factors? What who, who and what are the X factors for this game? You know, I, I've been saying it for the Dolphins now for. For a couple of run game, some sort of run game has to be there for Miami. Um, last year, they were one of the most inefficient run games in the NFL. This year, they haven't been, they haven't been great. But there have been times where Chase Edmonds has ter- torn off a, a chunk play or or uh, Raheem Mostert has gone for a, a chunk play of a run. I think Miami has to at least have the threat of a run game. That Bills defense, that Bills pass rush, those safeties, I think they're going to be able to, for the most part, l- let's just talk about what they do defensively. 
they play too high. You have Poyer, you have Micah Hyde. They're, they're too high safety. They don't give up big plays. That is totally counter to what Miami is trying to do in getting big plays. So it's going to be the Dolphins finding ways to get the ball in the hands of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Maybe it's checkdowns and them doing the rest. But but these are literally polar opposites from an offensive mindset to a defensive mindset. It, it, it's one of the more intriguing matchups. It really is because Buffalo is designed not to give up what Miami's offense is designed to do. And well, it's going to win. You talk about how like how they they don't allow the deep the deep plays and how the Buffalo Bills defense gets to the quarterback. The Dolphins' offense is running a league high in play action passes, uh, play action percentage, and in motion. Like they they move guys around. There's a lot of play action. Can't really do a lot of play action when like if if Tua doesn't have enough time. Like that's not a thing. Like you you can't really do that. But if your rushing attack is good enough. Then you can open up more things in the in, in the in the deep ball game. Um, shout out my some, boy some Josh. Teams run, some teams run play action as a a mechanism, uh, meaning they don't care how efficient their running game is. So like it's not even the threat. To, it's literally just to continuously tell the linebacker, watch the running back, watch the running back. Yeah. So they freeze for because with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, you need your linebacker to freeze or take a step up. Just once, just that little hesitation, and they're by you, they're behind you. And that's really what Mike McDaniels does. It's the reason they use motion. When you have that much speed on the outside, all you're trying to do is get one linebacker, one safety, one to take a, a faulty step, um, hesitate, and because you know your guy can get past him or get into the, the space he wants to get to. So uh, to, your, to your point, they have to be able to protect Tua, but Tua has to take what's given to him. He cannot yeah. force. Take what's given to you. Let your playmakers be playmakers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, shout out to my boy, Josh. He thinks Tua is going to be the X factor in this game. He has to play really well uh, to have a chance in this game. No one is more well-rounded than the Bills. That is a confirmed fact. Bailey asks, over, under, two touchdowns in this game for Stephon Diggs. Bailey is always with the wildest over-unders. And over-under – I don't think any the Vegas odd book has Stefan Diggs as two touchdowns as the over under. Like that's not a thing. The two touchdowns is usually for a quarterback over under. Like if that's too high as a wide receiver. No, I will take the under over. That means he has to get three to hit the over. That, that, no, I will take the under. Like that's not a thing, Bailey. It's not a thing. I don't see an over under uh, quick looking it up. I don't see an over under for um, touchdowns for Stephon Diggs in this game, but it's just to, to score, score touchdowns last week, but go check in his career. How many times he scored three touchdowns in a game to score a touchdown. Games. His odds are minus minus one forty, and then to score two plus touchdowns is plus 400. So those are the odds right now for him to, to like, yeah, and that's, that's two plus. So you get four, you get a four to one return on your money just for him scoring two. That's they they're saying it's it's not easy to score two touchdowns. That's what that's what it's saying. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Okay. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Um, all right. So prediction, final predictions for this game. Oh man, I want to take the Miami Dolphins so bad because I I disrespected them last week when I told you I wanted to take them against Baltimore, but I was going to go with Baltimore. I'm doing the same thing here. I'm going Bills. Until somebody beats them, I can't pick against them unless it's the Chiefs. Uh, I will take the Bills in this one.
surprising 27, 30 to 27 bills. Well, wow, that's that's very odd because no one heard your prediction. And I think the football gods are saying that you that they need you to pick uh, pick Miami here. No, I'm taking the bills. I will say my score again and now I'm going to change it because nobody heard it. I will change it to 27, 24 Buffalo. 31, 24 Buffalo. AJ has AJ. Ha, ha, where's this? Do you pick this game? Is that a thing? Am I missing Bills, this game? 30, Bills 31, 28, ah, 31, 28 Bills. And Dylan has Dolphins over Bills. I okay. like that pick, man. I, li- I like that in Miami. I like that. I do. I like it a lot. But Buffalo, man, the way they've been playing, they're just. They're just Ooh, so I forgot that it's in Miami. Yeah, I said that like six times. No, I, I know. I, I just didn't. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't register in my mind when I was picking this game. Oh, man, I think I'm uh, can I pivot? Can I change? Oh, my God. I think Go they ahead. split this season. I think they split this season. And I think that it's the home and home. They, they the home team wins both games. Give me the Dolphins. Give me the. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, my oh. gosh. Seriously. I like going against the Bills. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry, my aunt. Jesus Christ. Mm, stink face. Let's move on. Let's move on. This is stupid. Dolphins 28-27. Final prediction. That's it. Write it down. Final prediction. Dolphins 28-27. That's I'll lock that in. I'm I'm doing it. I'm going with it. I I predicted them last week to beat the Ravens. I'm gonna stick on it and boom, boom, and boom. Next game on our list. It is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Uh, the one-on-one Patriots and the one-on-one Ravens. The Ravens are favored in this game by three points, with an over-under of 43.5 points in this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, little note here. Everyone loves to talk about how Lamar Jackson can't throw and this and that. And all there's always there's uh, there's still always the down of uh, the down of uh Lamar Jackson is passing. Well, guess what? Lamar Jackson is the first player in Ravens history to have three passing touchdowns in each of his first two games of the season. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. Let's nix that shit. Um, what? What? I have a question. I no. saw that stat. I was waiting for this, and I saw that stat. Are you going to ask me uh, what quarterbacks are good and that the Ravens have had that can do that? that? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that because outside of Joe Flacco, what you got, Trent Dilfer. Uh, the second thing is, is that does that include the – that's only Baltimore history, right? So Correct. Baltimore Ravens history, which is only like 20-something years long. 30, I mean, they, they just became the Baltimore quit Ravens. To, like in the quit quit trying to discredit my stat here, okay? I'm quit just saying, I, I'm wondering where you're going with that. Um, I, I mean, we all know Lamar. I love Lamar. So, yeah. Um, quit I trying to discredit it, my stat here. He's, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, okay? He is. Um, all right, let's get into the game, though. Uh, the Ravens' offense has looked good at times and then also looked bad at times. Their rushing attack has been actually one of the worst rushing attacks in the league, and I'm talking about their running game. Like, they're – they're from their running backs, not from what Lamar does, but from what their running backs have are doing. They're averaging the an NFL worst 39 and a half rushing yards per game from the running back position. That's not good. That's not what Baltimore is known for. They normally have a much better rushing attack. Do you think in this game we are primed to see a much better performance from the running backs in Baltimore? I do because you're getting the good running back back. I think J.K. Dobbins plays this week. Um, he was a full participant in practice for the first time this week. I think he's going to to suit up. And 
let's be honest, if it's Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, Justice Hill, yeah, of course they're going to be bad. Like this is this is very similar to the conversation I said with the Carolina Panthers. Like just because they're a backup and they get in carries doesn't mean they're good. Like we have to we have to remember these guys are backups for a reason. I think with J.K. Dobbins back, maybe he doesn't get a full workload, but I think he will be efficient with his carries. Um, I, I think that Baltimore's running game will get back on track. They are too physical and good of a running football team for them not to. That's what their team is predicated on. So I think they'll fix that. Um, and I expect them to have some success against uh, New England this week. Are you at all concerned with the Baltimore Ravens defense? Uh, we had very high hopes for them in the in the offseason. And then last week, they obviously it was to the Miami Dolphins, who were very good uh, on offense. First week it was to the Jets, though. And but but the fact that they allowed all those points to the to the Raven or to the Dolphins last week at the, to, at the end of the game, it was a lot. They blew the they blew they blew the lead. Is yeah, there I, any? There's no concern at all. No. Why would I mean? Okay. Why why would I be concerned? It's one it's one game. They gave up. Listen, through three quarters, the Dolphins had 14 points. And nobody was talking about how bad the Baltimore Ravens defense was. And I'm going to be honest, I don't, we don't like to talk about like always about big net. Stephen A. Smith called them out and said that they should be ashamed and embarrassed. And Ray Lewis is rolling over and is, you know, not <laughs> great, but rolling, like going to come to much. the facility. Like, calm down. It's one game. And then when we bring up how bad they were last year, like, there's no. Context fault. They have the worst pass defense in football over 19 games. Well, yeah, last year they lost in their entire secondary. Their entire uh, team on defense was hurt. So sorry I'm not looking at last year, and I'm looking at one game in the fourth quarter where they gave up 28 points. It happened. It ha- it's something that in the NFL we've seen before. I am not concerned about the Baltimore Ravens defense because through three quarters of that game, everybody was like, this is the Baltimore we expect. Look at that defense. Marcus Williams making plays. Uh, he had two interceptions. He was, he was balling out. And then all of a sudden they, things fall apart. And now there, now there's some major concern. So absolutely not. I'm not worried about it. Uh, now you tell me next week, the Patriots come in here and drop 35 on Baltimore Ravens defense and Mac Jones look like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes, we might have a different conversation. But as of right now, that Baltimore Ravens defense is still going to be good. It's still legit. And they're still working through, you know, building that cohesive unit with a bunch of new pieces that they've added. I'll hold you to it. If Mac Jones does come in there and, and do it. Um, th- don't laugh at this question. This is a very serious question. You see it on the doc. Is this the prove it game for the New England Patriots? Like we all, and I know where we have stood on the Patriots thinking that they are lesser than what everyone else is saying. This game against the Baltimore Ravens, is this prove it time for the New England Patriots? And if they don't, if they lose or they look bad, then it's like, okay, we're right. The Patriots are where the Patriots are who we thought they were. And then, uh, and, and they belong where they are in our power rankings. You know, one of my favorite lines on this show is, I don't care. I, and I say I don't care because the Patriots could win this game and it's not going to change my opinion about the Patriots. I know what the Patriots are and I'm confident in saying that. I don't care who wants to argue with me, debate with me. I know the Patriots are going to be a sound defensive football team that lacks offensive firepower. And despite what they do, the Patriots could shock the world. The Patriots could shock me and go 
10 and 7, 11 and 6, whatever they want to do, and they could get into the playoffs. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I did last year when I told them they were frauds. I'm going to come on here and I'm going to tell you when they get matched up against the playoff team in the right circumstances in the playoffs, they have no shot. They don't have a chance to make a deep playoff run because they are not a good offensive football team. They don't have an identity. They, they want to be a run team, but then they wanted to open it up this year. They're, so they're, they're, they're in limbo. They don't have the weapons. The running backs are good, but they're not special. So like yeah. they don't have an offensive identity. And I'm sorry, the best teams in this league that go and play in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, every single one of them, every one of them, not just even the fluky ones. Like we may say Cincinnati was a fluke last year. Every single one of them has an identity on the offensive side of the football and the New England Patriots do not. So, no, this is not a make it or break it game. They're at home. Could they shock and beat the Baltimore? Would I be surprised? Yeah. But would I change my opinion about them? No. It would tell me more about Baltimore than it would about New England. Okay, fair enough. I don't think the Ravens lose this game, though. I think they come into New England and beat the Patriots. Uh, Let's go 28 to 20. 28-20 28-20 Ravens. Uh, I have the Ravens 27 to 17. I don't and, think I don't think New England could score 20 points if they tried. And now that we are all picking the Ravens here, I think AJ is also going Ravens. Let's see. Why am I not seeing any of these picks here? Like my brain is just not reading his Ravens 28-17. And Dylan also has the Ravens over the Patriots uh in Foxborough. So a clean sweep for Baltimore. Um yeah, pretty much what we anticipated. Yep. Yep. Next game on our list, it is the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to East Rutherford to take on the New York Jets, the one and one Jets hosting the Owen to Bengals. And it's a revenge game. You know who it is? You know who the revenge <laughs> game's for? You, 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 it's probably some backup third string left tackle um, that, that you like. No, I, I, no um, it, wait, it's my stop, tight stop. end last week. CJ Uzoma. Yeah, it's my te- it's my t- well not last week my tight end from last season who I for some reason picked every week in DFS and it never paid off and I still stuck with it but yes it is a revenge game for CJ Uzoma that's what it is um, last year last year when the Bengals played the Jets it was the uh, the coming out party of Mike White he actually looked very good against the the Cincinnati Bengals uh, as the Jets pulled off the upset last year with him. Um, but this year, again, it's not Zach, uh, Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback for the Jets when they play the Bengals. It is Joe Flacco this time. And unlike last week when he, Joe Flacco was matched up against the Browns, this this week he does not have a great record against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, actually, he has the most losses to the Bengals by a starting quarterback in NFL history. Um so not the same type of results for Joe Flacco like he had last week against the, the Browns. But for the Bengals, they have not looked good. And I've been harsh on them. I have I have been harsh. I've been very disappointed. This game could be different. This game could be a bounce back. Is this a must-win game for them? I, come on, Vinny. Um, you're gonna make me break all my cardinal rules right now. Number one, break I them. don't say I don't say games are must-win when they're not actually must-win. Unless they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I don't call it a must-win game. I'm not I don't like the term. However, yeah, 
I guess if from the from the standard of must win games from what most people see them as, I, yeah. Because if you fall zero and three and you're the Bengals in that third loss, it's not. This is not to the Dallas Cowboys, which is probably a decent team, but without their quarterback at home on the road, whatever. This is the New York Jets, and, and it's not a division rivalry. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's this is the New York Jets. It's an out of division game. You're zero and two. Yeah, if the Bengals lose this game, I don't know what I'll do on Monday. I don't know what I might come in here and it might be 22 minutes of me just shitting on the (laughs) Bengals fans. And I wouldn't care. Like you might have to kick me off the show because I will go so hard on the Bengals fans. um, I, 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 I won't be able to be controlled. So so, yeah, I guess in that sense, this is a must win for them. You just have to you have to prove that last year was not a fluky season. And and I'm sorry. And I said this last year, we were so quick. And I'm not saying this is, I know the offensive line play is bad, but we were so quick to anoint Joe Burrow and what he was going to be in all. We had off season season conversations of whether or not Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in this division, like over Lamar, who is and has an MVP and stuff like that. Like that was the conversation off season from people like that was, that was a thing. Exactly. And so for me, we don't give any, like we pick and choose. I mean, I'm talking in media and all like we, we are very good about picking and choosing when we want things to apply. Like if, if Dak Prescott, who, Cowboy fans, you know, we all, we, everybody wants to be a hater or a lover. Dak Prescott played like Joe Burrow, even with the bad offensive line, because we've seen this. He's criticized. If, um, but if Patrick Mahomes does it, it's all no, it's the offensive line, right? So we pick and choose when we want guys to be the one to blame. And right now, Joe Burrow is is like put on this pedestal over the past year and a half. And I'm sorry, he has to play better. He's turning the football over. He holds the football too long. Um, some of those sacks that they give up are his fault because he's holding the football so long. And I don't want to hear Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd aren't open because we would say that's one of the best receiving cores in football. So some of this is on Joe Burrow. Some of this is on the head coach. And, And I've noticed that we haven't been saying anything about Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow has to overcome some of those things. Tom Brady's finding ways to win. And his offensive line is dismantled, has no wide receivers. You know, you know what I mean? And we're, we, we don't give – we give Joe Burrow a pass right now, and I don't think we should be doing that. Um, I think we should be holding him accountable for at least playing better, and he's not playing better. His QBR is not great. And, again, that takes out the metric of stat, of sacks. So I, I just want – I want people to start being realistic about this team. If they lose to the Jets, I am going to go crazy. I don't want to hear shit from a Bengals fan. Nothing. I don't, I don't uh, want no I, excuse I, about offensive line, head coach, Joe yeah, Burrow, I, defense. I, I don't want to hear I, nothing. I would be extremely disappointed in this game if the, if the Bengals lose. Like, yeah, like that's where we're at at this point. I'm very happy that I was able to get you to finally say that this is a must-win game and break your rule. Um, right now, the Bengals just have not looked good. Their offense has not looked good. Uh, averaging 4.3 yards per play is 31st in the NFL. They have not looked good good the jets on the other hand they could move a boo they could move a boove 500 for the first <laughs> time since 2018 they can be an above 500 team for the first time since 2018 if they could beat uh the cincinnati Bengals here i don't think that they do that i think the Bengals. i'm i'm trusting the Bengals here one more time 
and saying that the Bengals bounce back in this game, 35 to 17 Bengals. Wow. 35 points. Yeah, I think you might trust my offensive take of them breaking out sometimes. I, I do. And then, then, this is the game. I think that, that it happens. And I know it's on the road, but I do think that this is the game where Disres- I don't I, to Robert Solid. I, I don't mean to. And I really hope it's not the case. I love what the Jets have going on there. I love that defense. But I, do, I just think that with what this offense is and what we know them to be at least like what we've seen from them in the past, they are. They're a team that does occasionally rise above adversity, and they they're they're a very fiery team when people are down on them. And I think that they're well aware of where they stand right now, and they know that they have been very disappointing, including Joe Burrow, including Jamar Chase. Do you I attribute they, this to Joe Burrow deleting all of his social media accounts? Um, I don't know if you saw that story. I did not see that story. Yeah, so Joe Burrow deleted all of his social media accounts. So. I always find that funny, you know, and to start, you're probably getting messages from people like, oh, you suck, why, what, whatever. And then you go and delete your social media like that's going to change your life. Uh, uh, whatever. I, I don't uh, I don't know. Um, all about the mental, baby. All about the mental. Yeah, mental is whatever. As long as this guy's on the field, the Bengals suck. Um, <laughs> I will take the Bengals in this one, 27 to 19. AJ has the Bengals in this one, 30 to 27. And uh, Dylan has the Bengals over the Jets in this one. I, uh, I, it's funny. I think our both of our interns are in the chat right now. Bailey has twenty four sixteen, and Tyler has <clears throat> the Jets winning in this game, taking Joe Flacco leading them to three and one. So this, yeah, is... well, maybe we hired the wrong interns. <laughs> That's, That's funny. That's a good one. But, but if they're right, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, two games left right twice a day. Two, yeah, two games left on the list. This next one is a good one, maybe a good one. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling over to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The Chargers are seven point favorites in this game with an over under of of forty seven and a half points. The Chargers have never, ever, ever in their history lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. They are five and zero, oh, and all those wins all by double digit <laughs> margins. Uh, and Justin Herbert has been a part of, I think two of them or one of them. Um, I, I, I saw the stat. I didn't write it down. I should have, I should have wrote it down. Um, but on top of that, on top of the history of that, the Jacksonville Jaguars have also lost five straight following a win, which they did win last week. They shut out the Colts 24 to nothing from what you've seen from the Jacksonville Jaguars and bumping them up in the power rankings that you did, do you think this seven-point favorite from the Los Angeles Chargers is a little bit much? Uh, I like I like the number. Okay, all right. So it's not like the number. No, I like the number on the road across the country. Um, I'm assuming Justin Herbert is a part of this. If Justin Herbert's not playing, then obviously that number changes. And I think even Vegas would say that. Uh, but I think that's an encouraging sign that he, he's likely to play. Um, I like the number. I think a touchdown is fair. Um, look, and despite what Jacksonville was able to do to the Colts, the Chargers offense is a lot more explosive. We don't know if Keenan Allen's going to be back, but they have an explosive offense. They have weapons on the field. Um, Justin Herbert's one of those quarterbacks that gets a bunch of guys involved. Um, you got deep play guys and Mike Williams. You got 
um, underneath guys and Austin Eckler. Gerald Everett has been a huge addition to this team. I really like him on that in that offense um, with that type of quarterback. So I think the number is fair. I actually like where it's at. I think this game is not a blowout. I think the Chargers win. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a question whether the Chargers win this game or not when you're watching the game. But I think you still look at Jacksonville and you're like, that's a team that's coming, man. That's a team that's going to continue to get better. Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to develop. The weapons they've added, the pieces they've, they've added, um, pieces that people were laughing at in the offseason, the Christian Kirks, the James Robinson's not the guy, it's Travis Etienne. Those guys have proven that they have stepped up and they're filling the role that we thought they could, um, at least here on this show, because I believe everybody here was on board with the James Robinson train and the, the Christian Kirk being, um, being a thing. So, I, I like where Jacksonville is going. I think this is just kind of a mismatch and I don't think they're quite to the chargers level yet. Um, despite what I feel about the Chargers, I think they still have some glaring holes, but I, I think they, I think they are a little bit more ready for this moment than, than Jacksonville is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you nailed it right there with the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars are just not there yet. Um, and the chargers are there and maybe not there on the level of like the chiefs and the bills yet. Um, but the Chargers are much closer and much farther ahead uh, than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I do think that this is a, a, not a setback game for the Jaguars, but after shutting out the Colts last week, 24 to nothing, I do think the Chargers end up winning this game and give me the Chargers 35 to the Jaguars 21. I don't think it's that high scoring. I think it's going to be, uh, I'll take the Chargers with, with, Knowing Justin Herbert's banged up, I think they protect him a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say the, the Chargers 24 and the Jaguars 20. Okay, much closer. I would I would be very happy about that close game. AJ has the Jaguar or the Chargers 34-21. Doesn't mean the game is close, by the way. Um, I, I I would probably put that score at 24-20, but. Like Jaguars down 24-13 late. They draw, you know, trying to get some garbage points, gets the touchdown, that type of thing. Um, let's see if Dylan picks. Dylan does not have the Jags game on here. I don't have a Dylan pick. He has no Jags game on here. Dylan does not have a Jaguars pick. What a guy. Can't even pick his own team. Um <laughs> un- unbelievable. Uh yeah, no, I just hope this game is is. I'm, I'm excited. This, this is the true test for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like this is like, this is your measuring stick right here uh, in this game. Last game on the list. It's the San Francisco 49ers at one and one traveling to Denver to take on the one and one Broncos. Uh, the Niners are actually one and a half point favorites in this game with an over under of 45, a new quarterback at the helm for San Francisco and Jimmy G a new old, uh, a new but familiar face quarterback uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo leading the way for the Niners uh, going up against a Russell Wilson led Broncos team that has underperformed that has not been as amazing as people have thought they would have been not just not to discredit um, them completely, but for the Niners losing Trey Lance uh, to a very uh, season ending ankle ankle injury, Jimmy Garoppolo steps in and actually improved their Super Bowl odds going from 20 to 1 to 25 to 1. I think it's obvious that to say it's that's not improved. That's not improving. <laughs> what are you talking Flip flop. 25 was, to 20. Oh, I was like, what? Sorry. Sorry. My my B. My B. Um 
But yeah, no. So the Super Bowl odds for the Niners improve with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, which is almost expected because it's like, okay, a rookie quarterback versus someone who we've seen there, been there, done that with Jimmy Garoppolo. What to you are the new expectations for the San Francisco 49ers this season? You know, as crazy as the sound, if I'm a team, if I'm the 49ers, my expectation is the Super Bowl. Um, this is the, arguably the same team they had last year. Um, but with, I mean, with a few additions, obviously, Charverius Ward in the secondary, a few, you know, people lost in that secondary as well. But for the most part, it's the same team. And when you're one step away, and I think this is what happens when you go to a rookie or a younger quarterback, I think with Trey Lance, they had some wiggle room. Like if they didn't succeed or it was like, okay, we got a new quarterback, we're building. With Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, well, we've seen this before. There is only one thing, and that's the next step is the Super Bowl. So if they don't get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be a disappointment for most of that locker room. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and, and those players feel the same way. So this, I think, adds pressure to what the 49ers are supposed to be. But I also think they're built to, to make a run because of the style of football that they play. Jimmy Garoppolo is a he's a serviceable, adequate quarterback. And I have never wavered from that. It's not that he's garbage. It's not that he can't win games. It's that he's not going to win you championships by himself. Like everything has to be perfect around him. And he can't be the one that has to make the throw that has to go out and actually win the game. And when it comes down to that, he falls short, which is fine. You can be successful in the NFL with that, but everything else has to be perfect. And I don't know that everything else around the 49ers team is perfect right now. The running game is still a question mark, especially if it has to be Debo Samuel, because now you take a weapon away. George Kittle's health has to be a concern. Um, there, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into competing all season long. Uh, but I do think that the 49ers are in a good position to make another playoff run. Man, I saw George Kittle on Monday Night Raw this past week buzzing. This man better get back on the field. He looked too good on Monday Night Raw to be missing games. Okay, get your ass back on the field, George Kittle. I'm just kidding. I know that's just a ridiculous take, but I just wanted to say it anyways. Uh, <laughs> shout out Joey B in the chat. Uh, he's He's bringing this up. Maybe get your thoughts on this. Troubles here in Denver already being rumored between Hackett and Wilson. Daniel Hackett losing the locker Stop. room already. Stop. Stop. Okay. I, I don't care what those beat reporters. This is what beat reporters do to, to create headlines and controversy. I don't want to hear about no head coach losing the locker room after two weeks of the regular season um, when they didn't play the starters in preseason. His clock management has been poor. He will get better. Um, if you lost your locker room in two weeks, you were never the right guy for the position. You were never the guy they should have hired. And to me, that's a front office issue, not a Nathaniel Hackett issue. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's the right guy anyways, but I but you don't you but you don't know. You've never seen him as a head coach. You're correct. Like, all you You're have correct. is he an could, experience could of him as a, some coordinator. He could prove me wrong. He could prove me wrong, and I'm not saying he can't. Uh, but for the Broncos, they actually have the it's a tale of two different sides here. On offense, they have the worst red zone offense with six trips, zero touchdowns. But on defense, they have the best red zone defense with zero touchdowns on three trips. So both sides doing polar opposite things here. How do the Broncos – you don't think the Broncos' offense is off track though, right? That's where you're at with the Broncos? Like I could ask the question, well, how do the Broncos' offense get back on track? And you could say nothing because they're not well, on track. They were off track last week. They did not play well against Houston. That's a thing. Um, Russell Wilson didn't play well against Houston. Off, none of their offense played well against Houston, except for Cortland Sutton. 
But from, but I watched game one and against Seattle, their offense looked fine to me. They just didn't convert in the red zone. You had those touchdowns instead. You got 28, 30 points. Everybody's like, yep, this is the Denver we expected to see. I have 100% faith that the Denver Broncos offense will be better. They, they, I, I don't know what else to say. I have 100% faith that they will be better. Russell Wilson's going to do Russell Wilson. He will be fine. Um, they, again, they did not play in preseason. This is a brand new franchise quarterback with new weapons, a new scheme, a new coach. It does take time and they do have to get used to each other. And this is why I was so pissed off at Nathaniel Hackett, because you are a new coach and you come into a new situation with a new quarterback and new weapons and you didn't play in preseason. It's why I, I brought it up every single week throughout the preseason. They should have been playing. Matter of fact, they should have been playing a lot more than most teams so that they can be ready for the start of the season. Um, so I think they continue to get better. They're at home. here be better that's that's all i can say i believe they're gonna be better that's fair i i you you bring up like the whole picking and choosing a narrative and i guess it's fair to say that if i if i have faith in the indianapolis colts to figure it out why do i not have faith in the denver broncos to figure it out with all the new pieces that they have it's a fair point i know i just took it right from you um but i'm just i'm worried about i'm worried about the 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 broncos because i'm not you know how I feel about Nathaniel Hackett, but it's not to say that they can't get the job done. I've got San Francisco in this game 24-21 San Francisco. Yeah, I have Denver at home. Um, I think their defense is really, really good, and I think Russell Wilson is a better quarterback. I will take Denver in this one. I will take them 23-20. to And um, Joey B., Sac State at Colorado State. Sac State oh, stand up. That's my that's my alma mater. Alma mater. Well, funny story. Alma mater is uh, I went for a semester, got put on academic probation, and then dropped out. So if that if you want to call that my yeah, if you call that my alma mater, I, I could have that uh, Sac State stand up. They about to put the whooping on Colorado State. Probably not. Oh, there you go. There you go. 49ers, 27-21 from AJ. That's his prediction. And Dylan has. The Broncos over the Niners. All right. Let's uh you ready to you ready to end this show on a high note? Yes, sir. Let's uh let me get this uh DraftKings set up here. Uh Aaron, let's uh let's let's do this here. Let's uh hold on. I gotta I gotta add you to this DraftKings. I did not get a chance to get it set up during the show. Um but All do you want to do this public? Yeah, it's public. That's fine. You want to, you want to publicly this? All right. Yeah. So basically, so in, so you can put it in the chat if you want to. So why don't you tell the beautiful people at home um, what we're doing here today? Yeah, Vinny and I want to have a little fun. It's Thursday night football. We're already Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns. We're gonna do a little DraftKings challenge. Um, I don't know how many people you're gonna set it for, but we're gonna have a little DK challenge. See if you guys can compete with the Sac City Boys. We're gonna do it from a captain, the showdown mode from from captain style. So you'll pick a captain. Um, they get more points when they score. You're going to fill your roster out. You're going to compete with us and see if you can hang with us. Um, but look, you guys all think you're fantasy gurus. I'm the Mukesai. I am the fantasy guru. I come on here daily and tell you guys that. So you have your opportunity. I know it's just one game. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, and it's ugly. Defense and who's going to stand out tonight? You tell me. Um, I'm going to fill out my lineup. Vinny's going to fill out his lineup. You guys can go in there and fill out your lineup and uh, make the best man win probably gonna be me but you know yeah because you really did a good job this past week in your 
in your DFS. Oh my God! Here we go. This guy, over Trey here Lance dies on Trey Lance dies on the second series of the game. This guy talking all that shit over here, and his his lineup didn't even wasn't even good this past week. Sorry, my quarterback's late. I had Paris Campbell. I had Paris Campbell on my team. I still did better than your punk ass. Sorry, my sorry, my damn quarterback's leg fell off. All right, we're gonna. I sent you the link. I'm uh, in there. I'm in there. All right. So the game tonight is between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the uh, Cleveland Browns. Um, I have my DraftKings pulled up for everyone to see on on our StreamYard. So just so that we need to we need to see that, and I need to take this off here. And all right. So here we go. Let's uh, let's. So how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this here? You just pick your team. Tell me who you're picking. I'm going quick. I'll just make it up. I'm taking uh I'm taking Mitch Trubisky as my quarterback, as my captain, <clears throat> as my 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 head guy. He's my he's my he's my he's my head guy. I'm gonna put Deontay Johnson in my lineup. I'm gonna put Fryermuth in my lineup. <clears throat> So can you help me out here? So, t- so tell me Donovan maybe also, Jones in my lineup. So for the listeners at home, what is the captain position do? What, what's the purpose yeah, the of the captain, captain position? position pays you pay. It basically pays you like you're, you get one and a half the points you would normally get. So, okay. So he gives X. Ex- so captains he, get extra points. Correct. Captain get extra points. So you want to find the guy that's going to stand out. And if you get him for good value, that's, that's even better, right? If you get the guy that scores two touchdowns that nobody expected that's and remember there's going to be a lot of people that have certain guys that's your captain, right? So you're trying to find the guy that might stand out. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to go. Duh, 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 duh. I'm going to go Boswell in my lineup. I'm going to go Kate York in my lineup. You're putting a that's kicker in your lineup. lineup. That's the thing. Yep. <clears throat> okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I got my lineup set. You want to hear my lineup? I do. I do. All right. My lineup is Mitch Trubisky, Bos- uh, Chris Boswell, Nick Chubb, Deontay Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Kate York. Okay. Actually, I don't know. I, can, I might be able to spend some more money. Oh, I can get Kareem Hunt and... Oh. Nope. I'm going to go Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right. Uh, yep. if, you, if you can see my team here... On the uh, on DraftKings, you can make fun of me if you want, or not make fun of me, and that's fine. Mine is submitted. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. I knew you were gonna put Pickens in there. I knew you were gonna put Pickens. I had in there. to, man. I, that's that's a, that's the that's the way to go, man. That's but if you're gonna to put go. Pickens, so I'm be honest. If you're gonna put Pickens in your lineup, he might as well just be your captain. Oh, that's the thing. I mean, you do what you want. You do what you want. So why? Well, so so walk me through you, it. Tell me why. Well, Tell me why. Because, I should like, do that. What do you? I mean, if you're expecting Pickens to have a big day, if that's your like, oh, he, this is going to be the breakout day. He's going to score two touchdowns. You would want to maximize that. All right, then that's that why I'm not going to put him in my captain spot. Then I I'm having Pickens as a dart throw. This is just a literally. I think okay. Kareem Hunt has a good day though. That's fair. That's that's where I think I think Kareem Hunt has the better. Has the better day? I think he. I think Nick. I think both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt eat today against uh, against Pittsburgh. Um, but now finishing out my lineup, I want to make sure I get the most value here. Uh, you think we see Kenny Pickett in this game? Probably not. No. Uh, David and Joku. I don't want two tight ends though. Is that a thing? 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. You know, I could probably put Amari Cooper in here instead of Mitch Trubisky, though. There we go. That's crazy. I think I changed my mind, too. I, I'm, I'm changing this is this is great audio right now aj could have clipped the audio at this point right now and not had a not not um i actually put i put Najee in there instead of uh nick chubb i go Najee and kareem hunt i like that better you think you like that because it's they're not on the same team you're getting both the top dogs or no no i just like it i'm honestly i think pittsburgh stops the run today i think and i think kareem hunt is the beneficiary of that that's why i'm going there but give me all the field goals, all the field goals in the world. That's what's going to happen. Big Cade York guy, huh? No, just I just think they're all getting the red zone and then can't score and they just kick field goals. I've I've always liked um, I've always liked Cade York. I thought he was a good kid coming out of. I thought about putting I thought about putting Cade as my uh, my captain. To be honest, really, you think that's yeah, going to be? Is, you it, think it's going to be a field goal day? If it's a if it's a nineteen or seventeen or twenty point to fourteen game, there's not a whole lot of offensive scoring. Um, sometimes the field goals is the way to go. I don't know if I trust. Can you pick your team? I gotta go to work. I don't know what I want to do. I'm so afraid oh of everything God. in my life. I'm so afraid of everything. My 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 team is now officially locked in. By the way, I'm yeah, sure. I will update my entry in just a second to make sure. So I got everything. Steve Boswell, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and Katie York. I think Kareem Hunt obviously wins the game. Kareem Hunt is my captain. Nick Chubb, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, the Muth, Pat Fryermuth, and David Njoku. Not bad. Not bad. I like it. a lot of pass catchers for the for the uh Steelers here I guess that's the way I think this game's gonna go Im- update uh I will I will we'll post this link on the on our Facebook page and our social media page um to get it out there if anyone wants to join uh yeah. by, by all means do that um but that does it though for another episode of the Saxony podcast we'll be back again live at 10 a.m eastern time tomorrow morning uh breaking down the rest of our week three matchups again if you're looking for that link to our DraftKings dfs play tonight it's at sac city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube and the tickety talk uh it'll be on those social media platforms so be sure to click that link put your uh dfs lineup in uh and then have some bragging rights tomorrow for whoever wins so best of luck uh aaron i wish you no luck because i don't want you to win um but (laughs) that does it i appreciate your time today appreciate the fans tuning in again tomorrow live 10 a.m eastern time For my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for myself, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Sack City. Thanks for following wherever you download your podcast. You want to see what this city has to offer? Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sack City, baby!